Hey, it's Tony Bruschi. When you're not listening to this podcast, be sure to check out one of our others, like this one, The Grave Talks. Every week, I talk with individuals who've been affected quite intimately and personally by the supernatural. We hear their stories one-on-one in our conversations. In fact, here's a 15-minute preview of one of this week's two new episodes of The Grave Talks. And if you like it, just search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts and press subscribe. Today on The Grave Talks, out-of-body trauma, a conversation with Denise Pridemore. Denise Pridemore led what she thought of as a very normal life. Despite witnessing her grandfather twist her grandmother's neck in an out-of-body experience and having the ability to see the dead almost anywhere she went, her abilities would eventually take her to the scene of her own father's death through another out-of-body experience, witnessing her grandfather stab her father. Eventually, her curiosity of the dead led her to the infamous Sally House and the McPike Mansion in Atchison, Kansas. Today, we hear her story on The Grave Talks strange strange story it is related to the death of my grandmother okay um i lived in new jersey at the time i was four years old and i had told my parents that my grandmother had had died that grandpa had twisted her head twisted her neck yeah yeah needless to say kind of scary for a four-year-old yeah and couple years or a couple hours later we get a phone call of course you know it was back in the 70s so nothing was instantaneous back then Mm -hmm. uh they my grandfather called and said you know grandma has has passed away um she died in a car accident and i looked at my parents and i said she didn't i said grandpa twisted her head oh god and they kept going going no that's not true she died in a car accident my grandfather had been drinking and he ran into a pole um, in Baltimore. So I wasn't even anywhere near there. Come to find out years later, find out that my grandmother died with two broken arms, two broken legs, and a broken neck. And did I put it, put two and two together? Eventually I did, but that was the beginning. But when I was 10, another major thing happened, and I saw these things happen you know i had had an out-of-body experience at four i didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. until much later but at 10 i had another out-of-body experience and i witnessed the murder of my father i lived in baltimore he was in south baltimore at the time so i was about 20 miles away my parents were separated fourth of july weekend we were get my grand my dad had told us we're taking you guys down to Newport News for fireworks and stuff. And my parents were separated and I was really good at dividing my family. <laughs> I was really good at it. Yeah. Um, yelled and screamed and said, I'm not going with you. I hate you. I hope you die. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, he did die. That Oh, night. God. Um, his. So I happened to witness his father stab him to death um, through through uh, out of body experience. I saw, I heard my dad's last words, all of it. We got up the next morning and I walk out in the kitchen and my mom is sitting there with my dad's girlfriend. I know odd, um, but it was still the seventies. Things were weird. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I managed to tell them everything that happened. And my dad's girlfriend had witnessed all of this happen. And she said, everything happened exactly the way I said it happened. And my mom took me aside at that point and she says, you can't tell anybody 
what you see because this is going to get you locked away. Mm -hmm. People are going to think you're nuts. And she goes, and you're already going to have a hard enough time with the fact that you're going to be a child with only one parent, Uh you know, so, but from there, you know, eventually we realized my grandfather was a serial killer and that he was a bad guy, but you know, he always treated me good when I was a kid. And, and so I, I, you know, it is what I was his first grandchild. I was the light of his life, things like that. Different, very odd when you find out later on in life what you have actually survived. Sure. Uh, but it is what it is. And, you know, it made me who I am today. I'm, you know, very strong, independent person mm-hmm. because of all this. But it made me really interested into why, why do I have this opportunity to have out of body experiences? Have I had any since? I think I have, but I'm not exactly sure. None of them have been as powerful as those two. So that's what got me involved in the paranormal. Wow. I want to, I want to dig into some of those things that you talked about. You're about to say something. Go ahead. Well, what, what I was about to say is that from then on, we've, you know, my dad was always visiting, you know, when we had, you know, every time we moved to a new house, mm-hmm. he would he would show up, things like that. So we always had uh, some paranormal activity in our homes. Mm-hmm. It so kept us interested for sure. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I want to ask about um, some of the things with your your grandma and grandpa first. So uh, it, it's it's look, looking like, if I'm understanding, he hit the pole and then broke her neck it you mm-hmm. know to make it look like part of the accident is that accurate yes so what was his demeanor after that i mean i'm assuming there was like a funeral and things for your grandma and did anybody question anything about him and nope. this or it was just like oh nope. i'm so sorry for you you lost your wife yeah so back then it was it, he was drinking mm-hmm. my grandfather was a alcoholic mm-hmm. and back then there was no different there were different rules for if you were drinking Mm -hmm. they didn't consider it like they do now Mm -hmm. they would not have considered it a vehicular homicide back then it would have just been considered a car accident and all oh my goodness you were drinking yeah Yeah. you know there were no drinking and driving rules Mm -hmm. really in baltimore at that time um not unless i guess you were a, a a serial uh, drinking and driving, sure. Um, sure. you know, made an impact on some, I know after that he didn't drive. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I do recall is that he, he lost his license. But other than that, there was no jail time involved in that. Now there was jail time involved with my father. Yeah. I'm going to, I wanted to ask about that. So you, obviously he did this horrific thing. His girlfriend saw it happen. You saw it happen as well mm-hmm. through, uh, through that. It, it, it now you he did this crime obviously what happened there you had also said he was a serial killer does that so so basically so on my grandfather when he killed my father he got four years for involuntary manslaughter again because he was drunk wow but the thing is is my grandfather did some things that was very odd my grandfather lived in a bad neighborhood Mm -hmm. so he kept his knives as weapons in the living room 
and I lived in the house as a kid, so I knew where they were. Mm-hmm. And so they're so he had to walk out into the living room to get the knife to come back in the kitchen and stab my father. Mm-hmm. So he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um, but the police didn't didn't know that. And the other witnesses that were there did not attest to that, even though it it was just common knowledge yeah. in, in the house. But the thing is, is prior to killing my father and my mother, he had been in jail when I was born for killing someone. He had been in jail um, when my parents got married for killing someone. And prior to that as well, he had had, he had, had uh, three different jail sentences for killing people under the influence of alcohol. And, and because it was under the influence of alcohol, they, they viewed it as a lesser crime? Yep, they did. And there was no sharing of records between the different states Oh, back, back then either. You had you had to get a lot of different court orders to be able to get, say, North Carolina to share with Virginia and mm-hmm. Virginia to share with Maryland. Wow. So it was very difficult to find mm-hmm. all this stuff. But in my case, I knew that my grandfather had been in in a jail when yeah. I was born because I lived in the same house as them when I was first born. And I remember my mom telling me stories about all that. Wow. So what, in the terms of serial killer, was he one that, you know, were, was he premeditating these events or was this more so I'm drunk and I kill people when I'm drunk? I, I think it was more, I kill people when I'm drunk. Okay. I think with my dad, it just, it was just, it was, it was a bad situation. They were playing, the people in the house were all playing poker and my dad decided, you know, he talked to his brother, his brother says, Hey, I got a good hand. Can you loan me a dollar? And just angry, you know, bathtub gin can do that to you. He was also a moonshiner. So that didn't help. So that situation, I don't think it was intentional. All of it, the going to get the knife part was, but he did not. I don't think he planned to kill my dad in advance. Yeah. My grandmother, on the other hand, I think he did. Um, my grandmother had had an affair and had a child while he was in jail mm-hmm. that wasn't his. And he wanted to kill that child. Luckily, he never got his hands on mm-hmm. on uh who ended this man who ended up there, this child that ended up being my uncle, mm-hmm. um, never got his hands on him. Thank God. Which is funny that I'm actually, um, I've met my cousins from, from them, from that. And, uh, they know all about this, mm-hmm. it, but we still don't know who his father was or anything like that. Yeah. But yep. He was, uh, he was the husband scorned at this point, Sure. but he was an abusive, he was an abusive man. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that screwing around on your spouse is, is acceptable in any situation, but being abusive in any situation is not acceptable either. Sure, sure. So you grew up in this house. Who was, who was all there that you grew up around over the years? So up until I was 10 years old, we were around, you know, my mom, my dad, my mother's family, my dad's family, and I have two sisters. Mm-hmm. And... We didn't think anything of it, you know, of all this stuff, you know, because of the fact that it was just part of 
me seeing stuff was just part of our sure. life. Yeah, you wouldn't know and, any different uh, when you're that age. It's just... Yeah, I didn't know any different. <laughs> and I lived in different places. You know, my dad was... a. Uh, my dad married my mother to get out of being in the military, being drafted for Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And so I was born to keep my dad out of Vietnam. Yeah. And so because of that, my dad was some of the, the, the men that were having to look for jobs. Well, jobs were hard to find. Um, and he ended up working for different mills, mm-hmm. you know, that are now are all out of the country. But there were mills in Danville, Virginia. We lived down in there. We lived in Patterson, New Jersey, um, lived in Baltimore, different places all around. And we moved around a lot. So we lived with different family members for a while there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, up until I was 10 years old, my life was pretty normal, yeah. to be honest. Sure. After my dad was murdered, we were in hiding. We did not, my mom did not want my grandfather finding out where we lived. Mm-hmm. He, Even though he was in jail, didn't want him to find out where we lived. So our phone numbers weren't published, things like that. But, but we were separated completely from my father's side of the family. Mm-hmm. Didn't know, couldn't, I couldn't tell you who they, I mean, I know their names now, mm-hmm. but for 30 years, I did not know where my family members were yeah. on my father's side of the family. But, you know, we would move around and every time we'd move around, there'd be, you know, my dad would show up somehow, some way mm-hmm. to let us know that he was there. Yeah. And, you know, it made it interesting, you know, seeing spirits because, you know, we'd go, you know, you'd have those inevitable field trips and uh, to places like Gettysburg. Being from Baltimore, you got to go to good places mm-hmm. like Gettysburg, like the White House and, you know, any place in Washington, D.C., uh, Antietam, you, you name a battlefield, we could have gone to it for a field trip Sure. and uh, go to Gettysburg when I'm 12 years old and I'm walking around and my friends are going, come over here. And, and I'm seeing spirits that are saying, come here, I want to show you, you know, mm-hmm. I want to show you this and, and explain, you know, trying not to interact with spirits when it's your nat- nature was really hard because mm-hmm. you're but, seeing you know, them right was, there and they're not and yeah you don't want to be the, the the strange kid either no i didn't want to be the weird kid it was already bad enough that i had been on the news a lot with my dad's murder yeah in uh, 1975 i didn't need any extra attention that made mm-hmm. me weird sure also i had my mom was young and pretty she had sing- and she was single so needless to say parents talk parents are rude mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> back then you know the, the other mothers were like oh well she's young oh <laughs> you know yeah. it was normal yeah. for us you know yeah. my my teachers would make passes at my mother mm-hmm. and it was just it was just part of everyday life sure and so that made it a little bit more difficult so i was already ostracized for different things i didn't need to be ostracized for this too Hope you enjoyed this 15-minute preview of one of this week's two brand new episodes of The Grave Talks. To hear the rest and get new episodes every Monday and Tuesday right in your podcast feed, search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts and press subscribe or visit thegravetalks.com.